In a new documentary called Off Label, Michael Palmieri and Donald Rocher take a look at the people who serve as human test subjects for medications being developed by pharmaceutical companies, and then how those medications are marketed, sold, and used throughout the United States. It's premiering tonight at the Tribeca Film Festival, and I'm very pleased to welcome filmmakers Michael Palmieri and Donald Mosher to today's underreported segment. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. You call the, the people who participate in clinical trials human guinea pigs. Do they see themselves that way? Some some people would consider themselves test subjects, but uh, I think there's there are websites. There is sort of a self-identification as a human guinea pig, yes. Well, aren't they doing this willingly, or are they made aware of the possible dangers? Well, yeah, but a lot of times these people are doing these studies because they don't have any other options. So there are often people who don't have uh, other options for work or anything like that. So they find themselves taking these, uh, taking on these studies as just as a means of uh, making money. Well, one of the, the subjects said they need bodies to do the testing, and I need money. Um, so, but that that sounds like when when people used to give blood, or still, I guess, give blood to make some money. But uh, giving blood isn't as dangerous as this, is it? Uh, no. It's How much not. do they get paid? <laughs> Uh, it really depends on on the study and the danger. The more the the uh, the more dangerous the 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 higher the risk, the higher the pay. Essentially, some of them justify by saying they feel they're helping out society. But wasn't that the argument made for coaxing prison inmates to participate in clinical trials in the past? Well, this is yeah. This is where you begin to get to the slippery nature of of the of the issue that um. Well, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because in, in our film, you know, we, we actually go back and study some, look at some of the uh, prison testing that did occur. I mean, that's when it was illegal in the 70s to test drugs, they would test them on prisoners. But it's the same situation. That's been discontinued. Of, yeah. Yes. And it's the same situation of coercion, though. I mean, at least from the way I'm looking at it, the coercive nature of a prison and offering somebody a small amount of money to, you know, get ahead in prison is coercion and not really an opportunity at all. Well, have any of the prison inmates who participated in clinical trials suffered from their effects afterward? Uh, one of the characters in the film, uh, Edward Anthony, has suffered massive health issues and, and life-threatening health issues since the testing that was done on him in Holmesburg Prison in Philadelphia. And there have been several lawsuits, or there were several class-action lawsuits, none of which they were able to actually get, you know, satisfactory conclusion to. Because they signed agreements to allow this to happen. So mm-hmm. it's it's not seen as something that was forced on them. Right. Yeah. It's How long do the, the trials usually take? They can they can range from say two to three to six weeks. I mean uh one of the characters in our film, uh, Jordan Rieke, actually did a uh I think a four week or a four week study uh that made him six thousand dollars to um, pay for his wedding. Mm-hmm. And is that um, pretty much their full-time job at that point? Yeah, a lot of these people, they really, they treat it as a full-time job. Um, and because there are no, the states don't speak to one another in terms of their regulations, uh, a person can do a drug study in one state and then skip over to another state and do another study where the rules might say you can only do this once a month and your body has to be clear of any drugs you know, in the prior test. But if you're trying to make money doing this, you have to jump state borders and you have to lie. Well, and, and that, of course, can affect the, what, the results of the test, can't it? If I'm taking a certain drug, 
uh, and then take another drug, uh, the, the first drug might very well have an impact on the second drug. Well, yeah, that's kind of the point. And the, the, the way the system is set up for these tests, it's, it's very clear that, you know, on both sides of the fence, the people doing the testing and the people who are going in to be tested upon are aware of this, this situation, you know. One, one test subject you spoke to, Paul Clough, told you that he once got 100 sticks in 14-day sticks being injections. Do they, they know that what they're being injected with? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's not – they know what they're going into when they, when they go into the test. And in fact, Paul has a website set up that, you know, is part of a, sort of a network of these human guinea pigs who share information about – uh, this, you know, if you go to this testing facility, you know, the food's okay and they treat you all right. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, so uh, the, the, there are people who see this as a profession? Oh, very much so, yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. Uh, Bob Helms, one of our other characters, one of his uh, projects was to um, make the guinea pigging scene as a legitimate pre- you know, profession so they could get insurance, they could get the protections that other employees get from doing this kind of, you know, any sort of dangerous work. Although I can't imagine an insurance company saying, oh, gee, I'll, uh, <laughs> you're being uh, injected with, uh, with dead malaria viruses. <laughs> sure, we'll cover you. <laughs> um, when they sign up for these studies, are they essentially signing their rights over to the doctors who are conducting the research? Pretty much, yes. Yeah. And, and that's another tricky issue is um, a lot of these studies don't provide a full or comprehensive information about the dangers. Now, because they don't know, <laughs> often too, because yeah, well, that's why they're doing the testing. And and yeah. we have seen in the past uh, with certain drugs uh, that uh, we couldn't have predicted their long-term effects. That's true. I well, mean, although the other side of marketing, which a lot of uh, human guinea pigs participate in, is marketing studies, where they're comparing two drugs or comparing drugs which may or may not have known side effects, and they're putting them together in combinations to see if they can be prescribed together. So there, in some cases, there are known dangers, and people go for it anyway, just the amount of money or... Uh, uh, did they compete for these? Who competes for them? Uh, the, the subjects. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I think is, it's, is this a competitive job market? Uh, it is in, on some level, yeah. I Will you say I, that some of them lie about their, their health uh, because they want the job. That's true. I mean, that's absolutely the case. And I mean, that's in large part, I think that's, you know, Robert Helms with uh, his zine, Guinea Pig Zero, he was kind of the first person to sort of make, you know, people aware of that, that, you know, in order to get into that study, you have to say yes, 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 yes to everything the doctor's so asking you, you. So you can lie, you'll, you lie, lie about previous medical problems. Sure. Or the so. fact that you don't drink, you don't smoke, you know. Is there a risk-benefits trade-off here? The, the pharmaceutical companies would say that we have to do these studies so that we can develop new drugs that uh, can save or transform lives. I think that's, that's, the, you know, that's the basis that, uh, that the system has developed upon, but the practice and the philosophy are very different. Well, the big problem is you can, in the end, you you can do as much testing as you want on guinea pigs, real guinea pigs and mice and whatever, but you can't really tell how effective a drug uh, is going to work with with humans unless you do it with humans. It's true, and and in the majority of these cases too, I mean, we have to you know, you know, reframe this in some way that you know we all need medicine and we all need these tests to be done, and there are many many cases where there are not problems, but where 
I see where a lot of the problems are happening is actually on the marketing side of the studying where this the, the drug has already been ratified by the FDA. It's already gone through the human test subject, you know, process. But now they're they're doing marketing studies to determine that say Seroquel is better than Risperdal or something like that. And the drug company who is selling Seroquel is conducting that test. And they're so, also encouraging uh, doctors to prescribe these drugs for illnesses that they weren't tested for. That's right? correct. That's absolutely correct. But uh, getting back to the people who are uh, being put through the trials, uh, many s- people who are ill want to get into these trials, want to have these drugs uh, tested on them because they see no alternative, and they're not getting it in this. Uh, it's the, these healthy people. Why must it be healthy people, or at least people who claim to be healthy? Um, there, I mean, there are several phases to testing, and there are tests say, for cancer drugs. A cancer drug, you begin with, you know, the patients who uh, need it, you, you know, have cancer. But for especially psychopharmaceutical drugs, because the market's so wide open and they're prescribed for so many things, the real basis seems to be get a healthy person so you can check, you know, the side effects very clearly. My guests uh, have been uh, Michael Palmieri and Donald Mosher, the filmmakers behind Off Label, which is being shown as part of the Tribeca Film Festival. And if you want information, uh, you can go to our show page at WNYC.org for screening times. Thank you both so much for being on our show today. Thanks for having us.